And uh, the past couple of weeks, we've been talking, in fact, for many weeks, we've been talking about the power, the anointing, how to increase the presence of God, the anointing in your life, and all of this. And, and today, I, I really want to talk to you about boldness, to become bold as a lion. Amen. Do you know that lions will tackle animals that are far bigger than them? They'll tackle a buffalo, which is like three times their size. They'll tackle zebras, a very dangerous creature. Giraffes, huge creatures. Even sometimes, I found that, they, that lions would tackle a juvenile elephant, but he's already got to about three times their size or four times their size. You know, lions are amazing creatures. That's why we speak about bold as a lion. Why would the lion be able to do this? It's because in the animal kingdom, they are the boldest when faced with danger. The lions just won't back down. If they've set their, their mind and their vision on a creature, whether it's big, whether it's small, the lion will go for them. Why? Because they are bold creatures. Once they got that thing going, they don't have any fear in them anymore. No timidity, no shyness. They just go for their target. Amen? What about you? Do you back down or give up easily sometimes? Well, let me read to you a scripture for tonight, which is found in the book of Timothy 2, Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power or boldness and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. God has not given us a spirit of timidity or of fear, but of power, of boldness, of courage, of love and of a sound mind. Making an impact for Jesus in this world sometimes requires that we be bold as a lion. Bold as a lion. Amen. You are not, and I cannot go out there to build God's kingdom with great impact without the spirit of boldness operating in us and through us. You see, we are not talking of natural boldness here. It's something much bigger than that. Why? Because we are fighting a war against enemies that are in the spirit realm. Where we can't defeat them in the natural. And the reason that we cannot build the kingdom of God with great impact without this, this amazing boldness is because we will encounter opposition in every possible way from our enemy. You see, that's what enemies do, isn't it? They oppose the other side. They oppose the other camp. That's what enemies do. And the devil is no different. He will bring up opposition in your life in every possible way that he can. You see, out there we have an enemy 
who is wrestling against us. I don't know how many of you watch WWB or WWE. I'm not quite sure what it's called. And you see these huge, enormous people fighting each other. It's all a show, of course, uh, mainly, because the way they kick each other and throw each other around, they should be dead. But the enemy is wrestling against you. You can't go into one of these wrestling rings and after you fasted for five weeks, I promise you, you will come, come out, if you ever come out of there, you'll never come out of there alive to begin with. You've got to be strong. You've got to be full of the anointing and the power. And that, that anointing and the power gives you the boldness that you need to face your enemy, the devil. Because he's wrestling against you. This is what it says in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 and 13. For our wrestling is not against flesh and blood. It can't be more clear than that. You, you know Christians sometimes in the church, they fight each other. They gossip about each other. Men, please don't do that. There's no calling on any Christian to fight another Christian. No. We are not fighting against flesh and blood. It's clear in the word. But against the principalities, against the powers, against the world rulers of his darkness, against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. That's who we are wrestling with. That's where the battle is. That's who we are fighting against. Therefore, Paul writes, he says, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Now, not only will the enemy try and op oppose us and afflict us whichever way he can, but he will also influence as many as possible to come against us in an attempt to discourage us. Let me tell you, you'll be surprised what happens when you become a Christian. You'll be surprised what happens when you become a leader in the church. You'll be surprised what happens when you become a pastor or an apostle. You'll be surprised. Because the enemy will not just come against you directly, but he will also raise up others to make your life as difficult as possible. And discourage you if he can. One of the greatly effective weapons that the enemy has at his disposal to silence you and I is discouragement. And he will use it if you give him a chance. Because he knows, you know, when you discourage, you become like a flat tire. All the air blows out. You can't use this tire. That tire is, is no good to men, to men or beasts. You can't drive on a car whose tires are flat. Amen. And the enemy will do that. He'll flatten your tires if he can through discouragement. Amen. He will not only use it to discourage you from leading someone to Christ, for example, but to discourage you from fulfilling your own God-ordained destiny. Do you know that there are more pastors out there who are out of the ministry than those who are in the ministry according to Christian statistics? 
Why are they no longer in the ministry? I promise you, if you had to interview these pastors, most of them got discouraged. They got discouraged. Eventually, they threw in the towel and they decided, no, not for me. I'd rather go out there in the world, take a job or do something. Discouragement will stop you from fulfilling your, go- your own God-ordained destiny. Church, we need to be determined to press forward despite the obstacles that we face. We've got to be determined. It's a decision you and I have to make. Come hell or high water, I'm moving on. As for me and my house, like Joshua, I will serve the Lord. Choose today what you will do. You know, Joshua, you think he had it easy? No, he didn't have it easy. He had to learn the ropes of faith. Praise God, he grew up in the tent of meeting with Moses and he learned a lot about trusting God. But God entrusted him at a young age with the entire nation of Israel to lead them into the promised land. And they had to face giants there. They had to face Jerichos and Ais and other tribes and the Amorites and the Perizzites and all the ites that were there. Who are, who are nations of giants, by the way. Descendants of the Anakims and who are a mixed breed of humans and fallen angels. So boldness is required if we are to be successful at spreading the gospel and the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. And also, it's required for us to fulfill our God's plan for our lives. If, if you know what God's plan is for your life, and you don't allow a spirit of boldness to come upon you, I promise you there will come a time where you will want to up out. Because the flesh will desire other things. Amen. You know, as for me, personally, I always recall the persecution that I received from certain people at the work when I used to work. Before I came into full-time ministry, I worked for Standard Bank, and I started a ministry there. And lunch times, I used to go collect my Bibles in order to run the, uh, the Christian, Standard Bank Christian Fellowship, which still exists today. And when I picked up my Bible, there were people there who used to persecute me publicly. They used, they used to make all kinds of comments when they saw me coming to the cupboard where I kept the Bibles. All kinds of mockeries and things like that. They, said, they would say inappropriate things in order to intimidate me or discourage me. But you know what? It was a battle. It was not easy. I was a young Christian then. Today I would have dealt with it much easier than then. But I pressed in, and as a result, many people got touched by God within the bank. Many, really many, dozens of people. You see, once you've determined to serve God and establish his kingdom wherever you are, people sometimes will look down on you because you are a Christian, because you stand up for Christ in your workplace, 
or because you stand up for Christ if you're still at school, in your school environment. Some of your friends will mock you. And sometimes your very own family and your very own friend will say derogatory stuff about you. I'm talking of the unsaved. Even sometimes those who claim to be Christians because they don't like the way that you, your boldness, your, your, your forthcoming concerning your Christianity. People will feel that they can treat you with disrespect because you are a believer in Christ. They see you as a soft target. You know, they got this, I know in the world out there, they say, we can, we can really mock this one because they're not allowed to retaliate. You know that spirit? It's out there in the world. It's driven by the satanic forces who want to discourage you and hum humiliate you. People will devalue you because you are a Christian. They will. You see, Christians generally are pacifists. And they work towards peace rather than aggression. And the devil will stir up other people to take advantage of that situation. You'll face it. If you make a stand, Jesus said, you will have all the blessings with persecution. Don't forget this peace. All the blessings with persecution. If you really make a stand for Jesus, watch and see what will happen. And so, that was the reason why Jesus instructed his disciples not to get on with the work of a ministry until the spirit of boldness had empowered them. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 8. Acts 1, verses 4 and 8. And it says here, and being assembled together with them, that's Jesus and his disciples, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. And what is the promise? It, well, it, 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 it opens up that subject in verse 8, a few verses later. But you shall receive power. That's, that word in, in the Greek is dunamis. But it also means boldness. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So Jesus said, don't do anything. Don't step out there without the spirit of boldness coming upon you. Because you won't make it. Because you'll be persecuted. Amen. So with this dunamis, with this power comes boldness to stand for the truth of the gospel whenever faced with great opposition. When your best friend becomes your worst enemy, I've had some of these. When your colleague mocks you at work because you are a Christian. Or when your family member who loved you suddenly turns against you and cuts you off. You say, can this happen? Yes, it can. I've experienced all of this in my walk with God. And Jesus said, so you'll get all the blessings, as I said early on, with persecution. If you truly make a stand for Jesus. Do you know that today the, most of the church don't make a stand for Jesus? They come to church, yes. They, they, they listen to a good message. But out there they do nothing for Christ. 
But if you begin to rise and do something for Christ in your environment, wherever you are, you will see persecution will come your way. And that's stirred up by your enemy. Now, supernatural boldness is needed when you face persecution. And Jesus clearly stated that we will encounter persecution. You can't escape it. Supernatural boldness is required when you face the enemy in spiritual warfare. As you take territory back from him. He's not going to say, there you are, my brother or my sister. Have my territory. No, no, no. He's going to give you a hard time. He's going to make it hard for you. And if you don't have enough boldness, you'll throw in the towel. It takes a lot of boldness. Sorry, it took a lot of boldness. From Abraham, Moses, Joshua, David, Elisha, Elijah, Jesus, Paul, Peter, John, and I can go on and on for each of them to complete the task that, G that uh, God had allocated for each one of them to accomplish. It took a lot of boldness. Think about Moses alone. He had to confront Pharaoh, who was, Pharaoh is a type of Satan in the Bible. So you can imagine, he was an evil man. Many of them had to face martyrdom, beatings, crucifixion, mockery, death, false accusations, and we can go on and on for the cause of the gospel. You see, without supernatural boldness, you and I cannot accomplish what Jesus has called us to accomplish. You need that supernatural boldness. As I said, I'm thinking of Moses confronting Pharaoh, the most powerful man on earth at the time. Demanding that he releases the Jewish people, the Israelites, from slavery in Egypt. Imagine having to stand up to this man. Required huge boldness. Think of David facing bears and lions without forgetting his encounter with a giant named Goliath. That required huge boldness. All that David had was a small sling and a stone in it to stand against a violent, huge giant like Goliath. Let me ask you this. What about taking on the spirit of poverty head on? Have you thought about that? Yes, you complain, I don't have enough money, I can't pay my bills. But what about taking on the spirit of poverty that's come against you? That requires boldness. What about taking on the spirit of infirmity that has come against you? Head on and take him on head on. That requires boldness. You can't do that. Because Jesus paid the price for you so that you don't have to walk around fear, uh, poor or sick. But you're accepting it. You, you're capitulating. You've got to fight this in the spirit. Are you just going to lie down and just take what comes your way? Or will you let God arise within you and his enemies be scattered? Psalm 68 verse 1. Let God arise. Let God arise. Let the that supernatural boldness arise in you. Stand up to the spirit of poverty. Stand up to that spirit of infirmity and say, no more in my life. I'm taking you head on. And today I'm taking your head down. Like David said to Goliath. Taking your head off. 
You see, we face different sets of challenging circumstances, but each one requires boldness that we don't have in the natural. This is not a natural war. It takes boldness to remain in faith when everything around you looks like God has gone away and has forgotten about you. What about that? It takes boldness to remain in faith and not to allow discouragement. How many of you know that the disciples needed boldness when they faced a storm in the boat in the middle of a lake? Sadly, none of them did. Fear gripped their hearts because they did not have enough boldness, enough faith. You know, faith and boldness work together. You can't have faith and no boldness. Because when faith says, walk on that water, you need to be bold enough to step out. Amen? So the level of boldness that we need at times is not just natural boldness, but supernatural boldness in order to win the battles of life. We can have that level of boldness from our helper, the Holy Spirit. That's where it comes from. 2 Timothy 1.7, that same scripture. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, a spirit of timidity as some translations do, but of boldness, of power, of love and of a sound mind. He is the spirit of boldness, the Holy Spirit is. And that spirit is what we need in order to cast out devils without fear. You know, Jesus faced a legion of devils in the demoniac of the Gadarenes. But he cast them out with boldness. You know what a legion is? It's thousands. Between four and five thousand. That's a legion. What would you do if you were faced with four thousand devils right now? Manifest in your bedroom when you are asleep and wake you up. And you say your room is full of devils. What would you do? Would you be bold enough to chase them out? To rebuke them? Or would you end up Dying of fear. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of boldness. He enables us to preach the gospel to an unbeliever with confidence. Not to be afraid. How is he going to take it? No. But to trust the Holy Spirit and let him use you. He is a spirit of boldness that enables us to preach the gospel out there. He is a spirit of boldness who helps us face opposition and persecution. He is a spirit of boldness who enables us to resist the enemy and his temptations when he comes against us that way. He is a spirit of boldness who helps us push forward to the end and not turn back no matter what we face. He is a spirit of boldness who helps us to stand firm for our faith when we face mockery. And, and people who devalue us because we are Christians. You see, you and I need him each day. That's the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you to seek him, to seek after him. To release new levels of boldness into your life. So that you can complete the work that God has called you to do as a believer. Amen. And today... I want to leave you with a scripture. From the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 13. Paul writes to the church and he says, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. 
And then later on in that scripture, verse 13, he says this. And that's a scripture I want to leave you with. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. What is the evil day? The evil day is when the enemy comes against you, when poverty comes against you, when sickness comes against you, when persecution comes against you, when mockery comes against you, and so on and so on. This is the evil day. And then he says this. He says, having done all to stand. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, you and I will need the spirit of boldness to always be able to stand. Can you say amen to that? Spirit of boldness. So I want to encourage you also, Holy Spirit, to increase the level of supernatural boldness that you have right now bring it to another level. Amen. I just want to pray right now. If you have gone into fear or timidity or you've been discouraged, right now I want you to just shut your eyes, lift your hands to the Lord. And I just want to pray for you at the end of this message. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person who has been discouraged in the past months and even in the past year and a half through the COVID and pandemic and the lockdowns and even those who have lost their jobs, those who have been retrenched, those whose businesses have kind of fallen apart and who have allowed their tires, quote unquote, to be deflated. I pray, Father, today in the name of Jesus that you would fill them with supernatural boldness. Holy Spirit, pick them up, Lord. Fill them right now with supernatural boldness that they may be able again to stand. Having done all, stand. Lord, help them rise against the works of darkness that have put them down. Right now, release that spirit upon them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.